0: A special edition Villanova basketball recap episode of the Did You Hear podcast. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang, and Pat, in a time period now where a lot of crazy stuff is going on, I truly thought Villanova would be the one steady and <laughs> get a pretty dominant win over the unranked eight and thirteen at the time Butler Bulldogs. Villanova lost by 12 73 to 61 on the road
1: yeah you said special edition episode I mean it was special <laughs> for Butler it certainly yeah. was not not for Villanova that was a disaster of a performance a complete letdown it uh, it derailed what was seemed like a decently clear path to a big East regular season title uh just a lot of ramifications from this game that I'm sure we'll get into
0: yeah um Baylor lost its undefeated season last night to Kansas. UNC upended number 11, Florida State. There was another one, too. Marquette Xavier beat, beat Creighton. them earlier in, this, yeah, in the Yeah, Marquette week too. beat UNC. There have been some weird... Xavier beat Creighton last night, and I thought that pretty much seals up Villanova's... Big East regular season I did too.
1: Title. Uh, I did too. Yeah, you're, you're two constants basically in college basketball right now. Michigan blew away Indiana yesterday. Yep. And Gonzaga 21 straight <laughs> double-digit victories for the yeah. Zags. Just, they're, on their,
0: they're on their own level.
1: Oh, yes, they are.
0: And with all those losses, I thought that this, uh, uh, a dominant win over Butler on the road at Hinkle, which is always given Villanova problems, could have maybe even gotten them into a one-seed spot. And it doesn't look like that's the case anymore
1: four out of five years now Villanova has lost at Hinkle that includes the 2018 championship team as yes. well but this ranks up there as the ugliest in my mind because just this is not a talented Butler team that uh, saying it's not a talented team is probably the nicest thing I can call <laughs> Butler I you just saw how they even tried to close this game out they can't shoot free throws they turn the ball over they have terrible shot selection it's a bad team. Like, it just, its <laughs> not sugarcoat it, it is a bad team, which just magnifies how horrific of a loss this is for Villanova even more so.
0: Yeah. I, so I have three things right off the bat. And I said one of them to you right before. People are talking about how, much, how many problems Villanova has had at Hinkle in years past. Those Butler teams were different. <laughs> Those <laughs> Butler teams had a guy named Kamar Baldwin who was the best closer in college basketball. Stud. This is a different Butler team that didn't even have, in my opi- opinion, the their best player on the floor today in Aaron Thompson. Completely agree. Villanova still proceeded to lose. And the third thing is that quite literally, people throw out the words, this is the worst game I've ever watched. This is the worst <laughs> shooting performance. This is quite literally the worst Villanova shooting game in the history of the Jay Wright era. Two for 27 from three.
1: I I think I'm still working on wrapping my head around yes, the fact that they went too. two for twenty-seven from deep. Just the you know, the Villanova staple obviously is from beyond the arc. And it wasn't like all of the shots were contested. Butler did play decent uh defense around the three point line, I will give them that. I thought the perimeter defense was pretty strong there. But Villanova just missed everything. Yeah, everything from beyond the arc i mean and the weird thing too everything was short for villanova they yeah, that's air-balled, actually a
0: good point yeah. they actually
1: airballed more threes than they made today i believe hmm. they airballed three or four they only made two but that doesn't even account for the what felt like 10 shots that hit just the front side of the rim i don't know if it was some tired legs it shouldn't be uh, you know, after they've had a lot of space. I know they played St. John's midweek, but there were still three days in between this game and, and the Johnny's game. But, oh, this was the, as you said, the, just the ugliest shooting day that we've seen Villanova have.
0: Yeah, and the week before that, they had a whole week off. Mm-hmm. That was that really long stretch where we expected Villanova to have all these games because they had missed so many. But I mean, literally, Robinson are all for 4. Samuel's 0 oh for 4. More, 0 oh for 6. I need to talk about more because I am having some serious problems with him lately. Gillespie, 1 for 5. Daniels, 0 oh for 6 from 3. Yep. And Cole Swider was 1 for 1. I have just as much of a problem with Cole Swider taking one three than I do with all of those 0 for 4s, O for 5s, etc.
1: It's the one thing Swider's there for is to yeah. take and make threes because as we saw, he certainly isn't there for defense as Bryce no. Golden tortured oh my him God. Oh underneath the basket. Oh God, oh but I, I agree. I think I don't understand why he's so reluctant to really try to get in a groove and to put those shots up when, as we said, that is the reason he's out there is to be a three-point threat and to knock those down. And one attempt, that's not good enough.
0: Yeah. All right, let's separate this into offense and defense a little bit so that we're not all over the place. Sure. (laughs) Because that's how my brain feels right now. (laughs) So on offense, I let myself... The bottom line is that Villanova is so well coached that the last two minutes of the game, they were down 11, I think with 150 left, and they're still in the game because Mm -hmm. of how good of a coach Jay Wright is. 42 seconds left. Villanova gets the steal, and they get an offensive rebound, and they're still not able to hit the three. That's where I really—we I, haven't seen too many games this season where Villanova hasn't hit the shots that mattered. Yep. And you're putting the ball in Justin Moore's hands, who was one of our most, who was one of Nova's most consistent shooters, and he wasn't able to do it. And the other huge problem I had was that. Colin Gillespie had two field goals attempted in the second half. I think that's right. Deep in the second half, he had one field goal. That is unacceptable.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Moore, just as the whole team, was not able to hit anything from deep. I actually think Moore was the best part of his offense, though, in the second half, driving to the rim Yeah, he and had getting a couple in some really, of those layups because no really one else did anything. Now, yeah. I don't think this was a great game for Justin, but at least he did that. Jermaine Samuels has been so good the last couple games. Just no show today on offense. 2 for 8, 0 of 4 from 3. Put up some, most of those three-point looks were not good looks either. Which he is was all not,
0: short, too. Yeah, yeah, which was
1: just not the sh- uh, type of shots you want him having. Also fouled out there with five uh, personal fouls. Uh, just, there were, the the movement wasn't there. You know Villanova isn't the fastest team in the world, so they struggle To really blow by guys and get to the rim, that's why I think that Moore is the best at doing that on this team. Caleb Daniels continues to be really cold. I know he put up 10 points today, but I wouldn't exactly say it was a great performance from him. Uh, The bench got very little on offense. Jeremiah put up 16 to go with 16 rebounds, which you'd say is a huge performance. I do think the rebounding was really important for him, but did he ever really look like a massive difference maker down low I don't think so but I think that was more just because no one else was hitting shots around him
0: yeah I agree I actually think Slater had a very poor game and for as much stock as we've been putting in him the past couple of games it was surprising him and Samuels to see them both have really bad games like they did today was disconcerting
1: the Samuels one really kills you because yeah. he's so important to this team, with just being a jack-of-all-trades type player. And the scoring yeah. has really been there. I believe he was averaging 17 points a game over the last four or five games.
0: That sounds uh, right.
1: And then just to see it drop down to four and zero shot production, it, it was devastating for this team today.
0: It's it's the tale as old as time at this point. Colin Gillespie got off to a hot start. You and I were texting about it. I felt good about it. It was nice watching him. It seemed like he had gone back to his old ways at the beginning of the season where he was dominating teams, and then it just completely fell off, and the entire team just unraveled around him. Villanova got out-assisted today. How often do you see that? Six assists in the entire game. Six assists is so low. Yeah.
1: It's so low, and I think that is just an attribute of the – the shots just not falling today as we definitely saw 37% as a team, 7% from beyond yeah. the arc. Uh, for Gillespie, I thought it was a little bizarre in that as you said he started so well, but where did he start well? He started well underneath the basket, driving yeah. and using the post moves. He and then he just went away from it. You didn't see him really get back underneath the basket until what, 3 minutes left in the game when he he uh, did the, it again the and one then point missed the left the as well. Half. But it was just so strange to not... He was crushing Butler underneath the basket in the first 10 minutes of the game to to just go away from it. Didn't feel
0: right. I was laughing so hard because... Actually, Nova's last game was against St. John's. That was a CBS Sports Network game. I'm putting both my hands up in an X because we don't like CBS Sports Network. (laughs) But the game before that, UConn... Called by the same guys, Andrew Catalon and yes. Steve Lapis. We
1: can't get away from Lapis.
0: Pat, Steve Lapis, if one more opposing defender goes for the shot fake, Steve yes. Lapis is going to have a heart attack calling I, this game. So I, I do, I do want to give Butler some credit because that's what they did. They stopped falling for the shot fake, which we've talked about on this show. How many times is Samuels going to shot fake before people realize <laughs> that he doesn't shoot from three? That was my favorite part of of,
1: of every game is that every single defender jumps at Samuels like he's a knockdown three-point shooter, and he's obviously not. Now, he has been much better this year, which I give him a ton of credit for, but as you said, Butler did get better at at staying on their feet and forcing Villanova to actually try to make some contested jumpers rather than being able to find the space that Nova's usually so good at.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I think that was what that was what really deterred Colin too, because Butler yes. started to, to stay on their feet.
1: I do want to compliment Butler on their on their defense, especially perimeter defense. It was it was strong today. For a team that I don't think is very good, they played Villanova very hard around the arc.
0: Yeah. And Aaron Thompson is their best defensive player and he did not play. Yep. All right, let's so let's move to Butler then. I, I mean Bryce Golden, their big man, had 13 points. If they had fed him in the post against Cole Swider, which they started to do <laughs> in the middle of the second half, I think he legitimately could have had 25 to 30 points.
1: I completely agree with you. And that's this is the problem at this point, is that it is a broken record. The, you know, the cat's out of the bag. Villanova is just not up to par an in interior defense. And you can have your way with them underneath the basket. And both Golden and Enzi did it really, really well. And it is... It is probably my biggest concern, now as we head with the calendar turning into March tomorrow, mm-hmm. that that is what is going to undo this Villanova team. Is that it's, it's not that they're not good underneath the basket. They're really poor at interior defense, and it's just going to kill you. And teams are starting to harp on that more and more, and it hurt them really badly today.
0: I have two concerns. One of them is that, well, one of them to, to dissuade it, Villanova, quite literally in the history of the college, might never shoot as badly as they <laughs> did today. I yes. wish, Pat and I were talking. I wish we had a, an easy way to look up how many teams in the country have shot as badly as Villanova did today. Two made threes with 20 or 25 attempts because I'm willing to bet that it's not that many. I would agree. One of my concerns is if the three isn't falling, again, not as much as today, but if it's not falling as quickly, as usual as it usually does their two-point shooting has become very inconsistent that mid-range jumper that we absolutely raved about from robinson earl at the beginning of the season doesn't seem as consistent anymore he's not taking it as much either, which is strange and my bigger concern is who is villanova going to play against the best big men in the country because if they can't stack up against bryce golden how's drew timmy gonna look yep at gonzaga how's um, Hunter Dickinson gonna look at Michigan if Villanova even makes it that far because at this point they certainly don't even look like an elite eight team right now.
1: Can you imagine what Luca Garza would do to Villanova? Yes, Luca Garza. Yeah, just, it's terrifying to think about it, and it is it is my biggest concern with Villanova is the interior defense at this point. I can't say I think that a two for twenty seven performance from three is really indicative of how this right. team is going to play down the stretch that's, and how this team exactly does play. I mean. Yeah, um, but. Like it is a great point of yours that when the three is not falling, do they have other ways to generate offense? And what it has been this year is from the foul line. Again, they shot 92% today. They are an elite free throw shooting team. Only 12 attempts. They're usually more than that. Uh, But that has kind of been their fallback this year. But just the three was way too much to overcome today.
0: And they didn't do a good enough job getting to the free throw line. That's a perfect segue into the other team because Butler is one of the worst free throwing teams free throw shooting teams in the country they were nine for 20 and they still won this game by 12 pat help me figure this out please
1: (laughs) that's how bad villanova played that's the simplest way to put it because 45 percent from the line i believe they're in the mid 60s as a team it to be able to close out games and be that poor from the line i don't even know how you do it at all but butler was able to today
0: I mean Villanova made it at that close at the end. I actually don't think 12 points is as indicative as how close it was at the end of the game. Oh, I would agree. <laughs> those two if that after that steal if that three had fallen, it would have been a two possession game, I believe, and then things could have gotten interesting. But Villanova was able to stay in this game because they didn't freak out over sending Butler to the line because they were so bad at, sh- at shooting from the free throw line. I I don't really know what else to say about it other than Butler isn't a team that's going to compete in March. We know that already, despite yep. them having some pretty big time wins over Seton Hall, Villanova, and Creighton. <sighs> that's all I have to say. They just for Villanova to to show out this badly in a time that's so important with Creighton coming up next. It's not a good look at all.
1: As you said, kind of to lead off this the the podcast today, it was a weird week. It was a yeah. bizarre week, and and this this result is towards the top of them. Because it just, everything you look at on here, it just doesn't make sense (laughs) with how things turned out. But, you know, hats off to Butler and to Laval Jordan getting the win at home against Villanova, as they just always seem to be able to do so. Uh, In one way, as I said, just to kind of sum everything up, I look at it as, oh, you know, they're never going to shoot two for 27 again. How concerning is that? But. There are enough red flags around this team through enough performances at this point that I will say my confidence is, is definitely shaking, shaken in the ceiling that this team has come next month.
0: I completely agree. I wanted to ask you something, because Villanova now has four losses, three of them have come on the road, and then one mm-hmm. was that loss to Virginia neutral Tech site. at the neutral site. Yep. How much do you think fans, opposing fans, have played a part in Villanova's losses
1: it's funny that you say that, because I did think about that. So they're 1-2 with fans in the stands. They beat Texas, yeah. and they've lost to Creighton and Butler now. Creighton look- and the
0: Butler were the two games where I really noticed the crowd noise. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, I agree. Uh, what I will say with their other three losses, I think they could all be explained a little easier. Virginia Tech was the third game in four days. Mm -hmm. Creighton just shot the lights out, and St. John's was just a high-tempo team that blitzed Villanova, which we know Villanova does not like high-tempo teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is the one that just kills you because it just doesn't make sense. So I'm not sure. I I think Jay Wright was even quoted saying he really likes having the fans in there, and it makes them feel more normal. Mm. But... Uh, maybe it has something to do with it. I, I don't know how much stock I'd put into it. I think the Creighton game, it was a lot louder than the Butler game, but me too. You know, something to look at.
0: Yeah, what you just said about Jay Wright saying that reminded me of something I saw on Twitter afterwards, too. Jay was talking about how Butler just out-physicaled them. They mm-hmm. were Butler was the much more physical team, and again, I go through my head, all of the teams who are more physical than Villanova on paper that yep. can really give Villanova a run for their money in the tournament, and something has to change on the offensive and defensive side of the ball for Villanova. It's if it's this, becoming dire. <clears throat> it's becoming dire.
1: It is. If this Villanova team is on, they are unbelievably dangerous, yes. and they yes. can make a very deep run, but we've seen enough hiccups, and as I said, we've seen enough red flags. There are enough constants around this team right now that, that make me doubt how far they can go.
0: So. And you said it perfectly. The other three losses were respectable. Yeah. This one was not respectable. No, this one's all.
1: not. This is unacceptable.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to say one last thing about Butler. If not for Dawson Garcia on Marquette, Chuck Harris might be running away with Big e's freshman of the year. He's a good he, player.
1: He is a good player, and he ripped Villanova just shreds around the perimeter today yeah, and uh, impressive to see that just from a freshman at at Butler so so good to see that for him and he should be a name that should stick around the Big East for a little while
0: I think so too and and Butler is putting together a hell of a finish to this season they They beat Hall they beat Hall they beat Villanova and then their last game of the season is at Creighton and Villanova doesn't have an easy stretch either at home versus Creighton, which is a, a relief for us at this point, and then at Providence, which is always an issue. Villanova lost that the regular season finish to Providence last year, I, I believe.
1: Yeah, the, this is no easy way to round out the schedule. This was supposed to be the easy game yes. for Villanova that they should How have won. How many times
0: have we said that? Yeah. Yes, we said it this multiple times game. leading
1: into the game that this this was the easy one. So now two very difficult matchups for the wildcats and biggie's tournament looming just what 10 days away
0: yeah we had said that or actually i don't know if you actually if you agreed with me i didn't think creighton was a must win in terms of tournament seedings and all that if villanova loses to creighton on what is it tuesday or wednesday the 3rd there they're going to be more problems and villanova could potentially move to a four seed in the tournament it could get it could get pretty bad
1: yeah, I think that I don't think it's a must-win by any stretch just because, you know, they are going to be in the tournament regardless. Right. But right, right. but seeding-wise, yeah, if Villanova doesn't come away with that win over Creighton, I mean, the committee will be able to poke some holes through through wins for Villanova that they don't have. They have that big win against Texas-Arizona State was nice, um, but, you know, that I think they could really use that resume booster with a big win over Creighton.
0: I do too, and hopefully this isn't a momentum halt halting (laughs) loss because they're going to need to bring a lot of that at home versus Creighton.
1: Absolutely. Huge game on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah. And Creighton is, I mean, yeah, Creighton is coming off a loss too to Xavier.
1: Yes. Yeah. They did not look good against Xavier. Xavier's tough. I think Xavier should be a tournament team from the big East, but I wish see how it all shakes out. And, And that's the problem with the seating and the schedules this year is that it's no one played everyone that they should have. Villanova should have, you would think two more wins against DePaul uh, they didn't get to play Xavier at all. It's just that's yep. how things broke out this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree, but a 12-point loss, hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about teams poking holes in Villanova's season and resume and their <laughs> team itself.
1: <laughs> yes. Would it, Would agree with you it. there, but... All right, that will do it for us then here on a special recap episode. Butler coming away with a 73-61 win over Villanova at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DidYouHearPod to let us know what you think. Uh, Give a listen to our episode coming out on Wednesday morning, which we are super excited about with Mr. Michael Bradley. That is going to be really entertaining, so please make sure you don't miss that one. And otherwise, Emma, that's a wrap.